You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And Sacks in the Basement is going to sound so much different than all the other episodes that you've ever listened to, because instead of sitting at the 9-foot homemade oak bar together, uh, we don't have a, a studio that's operating currently at the 9-foot homemade oak bar, uh, because wow. it exploded, Ed. So, right, so you're sitting, you're, you're sitting in the backup studio that you use to help out with production uh, over in your office, actually, and I'm over at my house. Uh, calling in from the phone because you don't even have two microphones over at your office and we're going to do kind of a quickie show today because i feel bad putting nothing out uh and we're going to do a commercial free with the exception of mentioning our sponsor cork and carry at the park and cork and carry you heard the details in the ad at the beginning uh they're giving away a trip to hawaii get into a location there's no purchase necessary all right you you want to go to hawaii you want to be that name that is drawn on march 15th uh, and you want to enjoy a, a Kona beer while you're in there because Kona and Cork Carey are sending you to the islands uh, with this weather right now. I don't know why anybody would pass up on the opportunity of signing up for this contest at either 106th and Western at the original Cork and Carey or over at 33rd and Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark and get their name put in there so they can get out of town and go someplace warm. Okay, And then, of course, there's $5 Kona drafts there if you decide you want to get one while you're signing up for free in this competition. See more at CorkandCarry.com. Besides that, though, I just want to kind of tell the story real quick. And then I want to get into something that I saw on uh, sports Twitter. I'm going to say sports Twitter, not just White Sox Twitter, that just uh, like made my head almost implode on top of the frustration of the fact the studio broke. So, so here's the thing. I'm sitting there, I'm working on the studio, and suddenly everything just shuts down. I was like producing a different podcast this week, and I just slowly watched everything fall apart on the computer. It is the most gut-wrenching feeling to see five years of audio and production and everything, your entire company, just start to disappear. And, and I'm like, is this a virus? Like, what is going on? And I get it to these guys out in Palos I go to all the time. I'm going to give them a free plug. They're called Computer Greeks, and they're awesome. Okay, they're on Harlem Avenue, and I go to them all the time when I need stuff, and I walk in, and they look at me, and they know. They know I'm the guy that does socks in the basement. They know I got all these different shows that I'm doing on the broadcast basement. They know I need this thing fixed right away, and they, they, they say, we're going to take a look at it. We're going to get right to it, and I get a phone call from them, and they tell me what happened. It seems as though the surge protector underneath the bar failed, and there was a surge, even though it was plugged into a surge protector. And the battery inside of the computer that runs everything exploded. And then the acid leaked out and ate right through one of the RAM drives. So we were running at whatever half the RAM we're supposed to have. I'm not a computer guy, but anybody who knows computers is like, ooh, that sounds bad. And then it went into the big drive that's like a terabyte of data that has all of our stuff for the podcast and all of our audio and all of our songs and all of our interviews and everything that we use to produce the show. And it ate through that. And when that was happening, it made the production uh, system that we use start failing on me. And we had to, and it basically disappeared. 
because it was on there. So the entire studio, every setting, everything was like gone. And I was just freaked out by it. The good news is they believe they've recovered all of it. They were somehow able to get all of the good stuff off of there. They're going to put a brand new battery and they're going to put in all new stuff. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to wire the whole studio up. We're going to get all new parts and we're going to be back up and running by the next show. But right now it's Chris on a phone while Ed sits inside of his, his office. I'm sorry. It's not as exciting as it normally is folks. Well, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here and this is sounding way too much of a fantastic story. And I'm thinking about you plugging Cork and Carrie giving away the Hawaii trip. And I'm not convinced you're just not somewhere warm. <laughs> like I snuck off. That's what do you think I'm doing? That's, yeah. that's... <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I disappeared. I've gone, I've gone, I've gone rogue. Yeah. Don't say that kind of stuff. You know, I'm going through a divorce right now. There'll be a lawyer calling me up next, next thing you know, say, did you run off with the children? Are you, are you in Aruba? Like, no, no, that's not the case. The, 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 the battery, the battery melted the inside of the computer and we will, and we'll be back in running and normal again on Friday. Now let's talk about this thing that I saw on sports Twitter, not, not exactly White Sox Twitter, not exactly Cubs Twitter, uh, not, and not exactly Bears Twitter, just like one of these, one of these sports entities, one of these guys trying to get people to interact with them, uh, who's trying to cover everything. And they put out the question, who wins in a world series, seven game series, between the 05 White Sox and the 2016 Cubs. And seeing as how I had no computer and I couldn't do any work today, I find myself scrolling through all of the comments, all of the responses to this. And I, and I, found, I found it struck me really interesting. With all the Cub fans that were out, are out there, okay, and there's supposed to be so many of them, very few people picked the 2016 Cubs to beat the 05 White Sox. And, you know, I mean, I fell back originally, like right away, I fell back. My comment was one team went a historic 11 and one throughout the postseason. Historic. Okay. Only one other team had gone 11 and one. Nobody had gone undefeated through. Okay. One team went 11 and one through and swept the World Series and had four complete games in the ALCS. And one team got a really weird rain delay that kind of reset things in game seven and they kind of squeaked by and won a World Series. That doesn't mean that they didn't deserve to win a World Series, but you can't look at the dominance of 05 Ed and even ask that question about who would win between the 05 team and the 16 team just based off of that, right? No, I, I, the, the whole thing is, I don't want to say it's like a preposterous question because, of course, it's, that's what you do, right? When, when you have Chicago sports teams, and you sit there and go, well, who would win? You know, the, the, the Cubs or the White Sox in their one modern World Series that each team has gotten. And it isn't really a, it isn't really as close of a contest as I think even, I think even Cubs fans would probably admit to some of this. It's, it's not really that close of a contest because of just how dominant the 05 White Sox were and just how, how good they were. I mean, not just in the postseason, but even, even in the regular season. The, the 2016 Cubs had a lot of things go right for them. And they, not saying that the White Sox didn't, but, you know, you had a team with the, the 05 White Sox that won a lot of close games. And that's that's a sign of a really good team. That means that they were solid defensively. They were solid pitching. They had timely hitting. And, and we all know about, about, you know, the Aussie ball stuff that, that went on, moving runners, uh, hitting behind guys, you know, and, and just the, the stuff that they did to win ball games. Whereas I, I, I think the 2016 Cubs relied a lot on 
just sort of the God-given talents of guys like Chris Bryant and career years off of some of the players that they had and, you know, really some some decent but not overwhelming pitching. I mean, John Lester was really good that year, but he was not dominant by any stretch of the imagination as an ace. And, uh, you know, they didn't have a, a, a Bobby Jenks coming out of the back of the bullpen or two guys on season-long heaters like Neil Cotts and Cliff Polite. And And it was, you know... It was a storybook thing with the Cubs, no doubt about it. And, you know, the the stories about going into that rain delay in game seven and, and you know, what they went through to come together as a team and come out and, and you know, win that series, obviously is going to live on in the hearts and minds of Cubs fans forever and ever. But, but the 2005 White Sox, that's one of those teams where really honestly, as history goes on, I mean, I, 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 I almost want to 85 Bears, the 2005 White Sox in terms of, just a team that you sit there and go, my God, you know, looking back on it, that was a, that was an amazing team that got put together and, and, you know, kind of a flash in the pan, never really did it again, just like the 85 bears. And hopefully we don't have to sit around for the next 40, 50 years, like hanging on to it because we, we never win again. Like hopefully it's not, it doesn't become the only thing we have to cling to Ed. Well, yeah. And, and, and that's true because then Nick Swisher is Doug Flutie. And <laughs> Nick Nick Swisher is Doug Floody. Let's yeah. let's think about that. But and then and you get real deep into that one. But I, when I think about that 05 team, I, I think about the pitching, and I think that's the point that a lot of people made when I was reading through this thread. And that's why I wanted to bring it up on the show today. Is that like that 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 Cubs team could hit right? Like they got Schwarber leaving a baseball sitting up on top of the scoreboard, and all these like amazing moonshots that are being hit and everything like that. But I don't see Jose Contreras giving those up. I don't see Freddie Garcia getting himself into a position where where the Cubs run up a big inning on him. John Garland and and and, and Mark Burley, that that whole staff was so lights out and so dominating. And in the end, pitching and defense wins championships. You know, I mean, home runs are fun, and offense wins you games and even series. But pitching and defense wins championships because it trumps everything. And and when and and when I was thinking about it, then I started thinking about this off season. And trust me, I know we need more offense on this team. And just shoring up your defense up the middle and everything that you're doing here in this off season, trying the latest foundation, and it better not be all you're doing this off season. You better be doing more. But if you're laying this foundation, you're doing that. Yeah, I I want to see a little bit more defense from this team because I think you need that to to be able to put together something that could win a championship. I think that is a good path to a championship. And I also I also want to see better pitching out there. And that's the thing that they are a long way from. Because when you look at what that 05 team had, just they didn't even need a bullpen on most nights. They just they just needed Bobby to come out if the guy couldn't go all nine that had started the game. Okay. And I don't know if we'll ever get back to that ever again, but it'd be nice if this team could start finding a couple guys in the rotation. Then when they went out there, they went seven, eight. Okay. That every once in a while a guy completed a game. You don't need four or five guys on your staff to do it, but you need one. One would be nice. Two would be amazing. Well, and that's where, you know, when, when we talk about guys that are innings eaters, it's a nice thought, you know, to sit there and say that this guy's an innings eater, but, but breaking down what they had on the 05 staff and the reason why it worked, Mark Burley was not lights out by any stretch of the imagination. His numbers that year weren't fantastic by any, you know, any usual metrics, but he was in every single game. Mark Burley just never put himself in a bad position. 
right? And every once in a while, I mean, every pitcher throws a clunker. I know you're, you know, somebody could cite me, you know, a game where he got knocked out in an inning or two, but he could just keep going out there and pumping the ball up to the plate and having guys hit ground balls. And the run prevention on the infield defense with Creedy and Uribe and Iguchi and even Canerco to a certain degree, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible at first. You just, when you have a ground ball pitcher like that, you can stay in a lot of games because you're going to get outs by virtue of the fact that, you know, you got a good shortstop who's going to get to the ball and he's going to get it over to first, you know, or you're going to be able to turn a double play when you need it. And you had power pitching with, with Contreras. You had, you know, kind of a mix there with Garcia and Garland who could, you know, pitch to contact or they could be strikeout guys. And then you had El Duque who, whenever he got the opportunity was just, you know, El Duque about everything, but you're right. It, it, it was the bullpen wasn't overtaxed was part of the, the thing, right? You, you could go on any given night and assume you might see one or two guys out of the pen where the White Sox fell apart the past couple of years and where, you know, the, the, the sort of backwards thinking of Rick Hahn of let's build a really good shutdown bullpen, but ignore the fact that our starters are only going four or five innings was you just get overtaxed after one and you get overexposed. If you're pitching Joe Kelly and Kendall Graveman every single night and you're pitching Liam Hendricks every single night, it's no wonder the guy's arm, you know, finally tore. They killed poor Kendall Graveman. You see that now. He's out for the whole season because he needs he needs surgery. Don't think yeah, that yeah. those innings that got built up with the White Sox aren't a major reason for that. Yeah, and, and Joe Kelly came pretty hurt. I don't think he ever I, – I, I doubt he ever recovered. Um, but, you know, it, it worries me when I hear Garrett Crochet is going to be stretched out because – that's a four or five inning guy, but, and I don't know if Mike Soroka is going to be a six or seven inning guy. I don't, I don't know that Eric Fetty is a six or seven inning guy now, you know, just because he had that really great run in the KBL. So you're right. They do need to find some guys that are going to actually pitch and be able to get themselves through the lineup several times the way Mark Burley did, maybe not on his level because he was an amazing pitcher, but you know, get through the lineup at least three times. Right. And, and be able to turn it over, to the bullpen where you only need one setup guy a night. You only need one or two of the pitchers. You don't even need your closer every single night because if you can do that, they might be able to cobble together some offense here based on Luis Robert Jr., based on Aloy Jimenez hopefully coming back and hitting for power, maybe Andrew Vaughn taking another step. You know, there there are some guys here that can put the bat on the ball. We just, we're just looking at Paul DeYoung and Nicky Lopez and going, ah, well, you know, that's that's not great. And Martin Maldonado can't hit at all, you know, and Max Stassi, we don't know if he can hit and you don't really know what you got in Corey Lee or some of the other young guys that might come up. So it's going to be a low offense team right now as it's built. But if the philosophy is going to be Colson Montgomery can play shortstop on this team, he might hit like Corey Seager, but he better darn well defend like him or better Then I'm okay with that, you know, and, and I'm okay with the idea that, you know, you're not going to put, well, they didn't trade for Michael Bush from uh, from the Dodgers. He ended up going to the Cubs. And I'm, I'm guessing part of the reason is, is that Michael Bush notoriously has stone hands and has nowhere to play on the diamond where he is any darn good. And he becomes another guy that you're hoping can catch a throw from third to first as a first baseman, and you're hoping that he's a guy that, you know, can or he can hit the DH spot. But it doesn't seem to be what Chris Getz is interested in, is finding more guys who are all bat and no glove. So I want to... Again, say thanks to everybody for listening. We're not going to go the full 30 minutes here because yeah, who wants to listen to me sit on the phone the entire time? 
Um, but uh, we will, according to the text, be back to our normal 30 minutes with a full show the next time that we're up uh, when it comes out on Saturday morning. So apologies for that. But before I leave, I was thinking about the original point that I was making about this 05 team versus the 16 Cubs, right? The 05 White Sox versus the 16 Cubs. Who would win? I think it's very clear the Sox would beat the, the Cubs. The, the 05 Sox would beat them. The, the 16 Cubs would be lucky to get a win. Okay, and I don't want anybody saying, well, it would be close. No, no, it wouldn't be close. Because I want you to think about what the 05 White Sox went through. They first defeated the world champions from the year before in the Red Sox. They swept them. Okay, then they ran into a really good Angels team. And they had to win most of those games on the road because they lost game one at the rate, which was then called the sell. But they lost, they lost game one. And then they had to win three of those four games they won. They won them in Anaheim against a good team. And then when they ran into that 05 Astros team, that 05 Astros team was legit. They had to beat the 05 Cardinals to get in there. And that 05 Cardinals team had just been to the World Series the year before and was legit. I don't know if the 16 Cubs would beat all of the teams I just mentioned that the White Sox had to essentially get through to get to the World Series and then beat the Astros. Okay. So, I mean, I think it was a silly question. I get that people are looking for content in the, in the wintertime. I get it. Okay. I mean, some could, some could theorize if you wanted to, that it's possible that my studio is completely fine. And this is all just a ruse so that we have some kind of content because of how boring it gets. Trust me, it's not, but some could theorize that. But, but even when you're searching for content, don't ask ridiculous questions. That 16 team could hold couldn't, couldn't hold up for, for big win. They'd be lucky if they got a win. They'd be lucky if they got one win in that entire seven-game series against the White Sox. Okay, the 2016 Cubs versus the 1919 White Sox. 1919 White Sox win because you would never throw anything at the Cubs. Right. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.